again and welcome. This is another edition of Kicking and Streaming. Uh, my name is John Lake, but you can call me Johnny. Uh, sitting across from me is a man who I've known for going on six years now. Jeez. He's 6'3", he's blonde, blue-eyed. His name is Kevin Hill. Hello. You can call me Kev for short. <laughs> K-E-V. Short for Kevin. Shaving off those two letters there. You're really saving a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Kev, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been a real good week. Um, just lots of chilling, uh, relaxing. You, uh, you were sick a little bit earlier this week, weren't you? I was sick, yes. Um, There's a little something going around. Oh, my God. It's funny that when you get Don't sick... Don't you just love saying that? Well, no. I, I realize when you get sick and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been sick, that's when people are like, you know, I know other people who have been sick. <laughs> and that's, the, that's, like the, you know? that's like the third or fourth best thing about winter. Yeah. But no one has ever, like, I, I feel great. And people are like, I know other people. <laughs> people you know, it's always like, yeah, I had a cold, a little bit of a flu. And they're like, I also know people who had a cold. <laughs> once, yeah, once you get after, like, once it's, uh, once you get past the holidays, people start finding, have to find things to talk about because they realize how depressing it is in the wintertime in the Northeast of the United States. Yeah, and they've already given up on their 2018 goals, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I already have. Even even since our, our last uh, the last time we spoke, uh, well not well, I mean not not giving them up but I'm already falling way off track, but I'm gonna try my best. Um, all right, so folks, uh, thanks for tuning in again. Um, hopefully at this point uh, we have published a few podcasts on some web pages and some places. So they're available on iTunes, and you may know that we. Uh, we watched a little movie last week called Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kevin, you watched it a week ago. Mm-hmm. Tell me your initial impressions and whether anything has changed as you let it, as, you, as you've let it marinate, let it simmer on you for the past seven or eight days. Well, I. I... It's definitely a movie that has not gotten better <laughs> since we finished it. <laughs> you don't mom. think it gets better with it's, age? It's more, no. It's no, like no, one of those no, cheap no. wines you no. get at the bodega. It, it's, it, it's one of those wines that you buy at Trader Joe's that's from like 2016, and you're like, maybe if I let this breathe a few more years, it'll get better. But it's like, no, it really, you just gotta drink it as soon as possible. You really just gotta like have some kind of heavy meal with that wine. I don't think this movie will get better with age, unfortunately. Um, No, I don't even know how old it is. I didn't do that much research into it on IMDb. It came out in 2015. Okay. And um, I'm saying by 2020. You know, I think that makes sense that it came out in 2015. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's very 2015. Second term Obama film. It was. It was a late second term Obama type. Second term Obama film. Type aesthetic. Yeah. And uh, energy going on. But I think for me, I don't know about you, but it's more there's like a few weird things from the film that are still on my mind more than the movie as a whole. So 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 you didn't dislike the movie necessarily. Oh, no, I did dislike it. Okay, okay, so, all right, I I needed to hear that. it, It was a film that just, you know, kind of didn't really know where it wanted to go, except just have this kind of, like, drama between these two best friends, and ironically, it's the two main characters who I've kind of just forgotten. Yeah. Kind of 
just got sick with, and it's more I want to talk about the other characters if we would talk about anything. Yeah, tell me about your special, weird, silly little moments. So literally, later that night, I could not sleep thinking about the scene where Bruce won. Bruce won, right? Bruce won is the, is the, uh, the younger man with glasses who has lived in the same building as Naomi for a long time. Yeah, so the scene where um, Naomi drags Bruce Wan out on Halloween, they go to Girl Robin's... I, I can't believe I remember these characters' names. They go to Girl Robin's dorm room. The, the, the best female friend of Naomi. The best fe- well, well, her only... Her only friend. female friend, right. Let's be honest. Right. Um, uh, I, they, I, go to her, they go to her dorm room. They go to her dorm room. Probably in Weinstein at NYU. Please, someone email about this to confirm this. Bruce Wan enters the dorm room. He walk. He he, he he's, he's there the in the beginning of the scene upon walking in. The, the scene starts with them walking room. into he's the dorm room. Into the dorm room. <laughs> I don't know. If I, I he it seemed to go willingly. And and it's like he stands behind the camera. And there's, there, obviously, it's not a great movie. So there's, like, a few cuts in this scene. Yeah, there's a few cuts. And after probably three cuts, you don't see him again for the rest of the scene. You don't see him, and then there's a scene later. They, they leave. leave. They, they leave, leave the, the room, <laughs> and he does not and exit does with not them. he does not leave with them. And, but he was the first one into the dorm room. Right. And what's interesting is then we go to... Bruce too, I think the Adrian Grenier looking guy. Yes, uh, the 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 doorman. The doorman. The doorman. Right. doorman yes. Yeah. His band performed, and he texted her. Didn't he text her like, "You can bring Bruce one." Did he honestly call him Bruce one? Well, she said, "Is that something?" I can bring Bruce one or something. Okay, because I couldn't remember if Bruce one, two, and three was something we were making up. Was there a third? Was there a third? No, I'm wrong about that. But I thought that was something we made up, but then I also thought maybe it was something she had said. Anyway, I'm I'm derailing. It was supposed to be a charm of the film that there were, like, multiple characters. But it just ended up being very confusing. It ended up being very confusing. But it's okay. And she's like, he texts her, I'm pretty sure, he's like, you can bring Bruce one to the concert. But Bruce one never leaves the dorm room. He doesn't make it to the concert. And doesn't make it to the concert. Also, I, I thought, if you were, like, at the beginning, how old do you think Bruce Wan is? And I'm just like, I don't know, he's probably, like, some 25-year-old in yeah. the apartment. Right. And then one of the last scenes is he hops the couch, very coolly, hops the couch. Having just finished his SATs. Yeah. Which comes out of nowhere. He was, like, <laughs> he was never studying. He was never like, I can't go out with you, Naomi. I have a big test coming up. Yeah, lots of homework tonight. Can't go out on, you know, uh, Bleecker Street. Sorry. Yeah, I got to study my uh, SAT words. Yeah. He just randomly is like, oh, yeah, I just did the SAT, and then hands the note cards off, and it's like, wait, number one, you're 17? And number two, he's suddenly very cool and confident. He, like, jumps over the couch, like, one-handed, all, like, suave and and cool, like, chucks the SAT study book over to his brother, and it's like... I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, doesn't say that, but that's what his, well, that's yeah, what his body yeah. language is telling us. So what do you think he got on his SATs? Oh, he, well, okay, so nowadays it's the 2400. He probably yeah. got like 2350. 2350. I'm saying, wow. I'm saying north of 2250, without a doubt. Uh, wow. Wow. What did you get on your SATs? 
Um, I got a 1910. That's pretty damn good. I did awful. Really? SATs, yeah. I never took the ACTs. I took the ACTs. That's what I did well on. You got yeah, like, it's like I a 28? Yeah, I did. I got a 28. Did you know that? I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm good like that. I got through all my SATs. I think I got like 17 something. That was bad. It was bad. And I took like an SAT prep course in high school. Oh. Yeah. One of those. I by a guy named Mr. Burke who was a teacher who lived in our neighborhood. Which, if you are a high school teacher, why would you live in the same school district as the high school? No, you never do. No, you never do that. Future uh, high school teachers never live in the same school district. You don't. You never want to see any of the children that you have to, yeah. to, to look as an authority figure to. Yeah. Also, don't have a name like Mr. Burke. Don't have, like, an easy teacher name. Yeah. Like, they can make a comedy bit out of Mr. Burke. Or a weird one. Okay, so we've got... An- anyway, so anyway, a- back to Naomi and eyes. Rate, give me your rating of the movie and tell me why. Well, was there any moments that you, that have lingered on your mind? Um, let me think. Uh, how about the first date with, um, what, what's the NYU guy's yeah. name? Is that Bruce 3? Oh, wait. It is Bruce 3, right? Oh, so that's Bruce too. And then what's wait? What's the name of the doorman? That's uh, not Bruce. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, Bruce too is the. Both of Bruce's look alike. That was another. That was yeah. another thing. Okay, so Bruce too is the guy who ends up with uh, Eli. Right. Yes. And well, doorman. See, this is what bad writing. Does. <laughs> it gets you confused by the characters' names. But yes, so. Um, yeah, the first date with Bruce and Naomi and Eli, and they just, it's a weird, like, awkward third wheel thing, but, but he's the third wheel, not, not Eli, and I don't know, it it was, I just made me uncomfortable, and it was really the only, I I don't know, it it was just a moment in the movie that stuck out to me. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really struck by anything that, that amazing in this movie, but I, it just didn't really strike me as anything that bad either. Well, would you buy, like, Bruce Two's, um, like, his acting during the date? Was that what was getting you? Or was well, it more the uncomfortableness of watching two 19-year-olds, like, own a bar? When it was 19? just so awkward and overly awkward, but it also didn't feel, like, acknowledged enough. Like, Bruce was just kind of going along with it. Um, but then I also, you know, I thought the best part of the movie was the, just the odd comic relief that we got from like the kind of characters in the background, just like the brothers of the guy, the the guys that live in the building and like, that's what, that's what stuck with us is these little characters more than the two main characters. And this, the stoner character and the super, and the guy that's in the, uh, library like, shh. Who gets up from his table and walks through the shelves? Yeah. To shush them. That's how loud they were. Walks through the like stacks at, at Bobst. Yeah. He's just like, excuse me, let me. Move. Excuse me. Let me move through the social media book section. <laughs> to say shh. Um. All right. So, Kevin, give me a rating of the movie and tell me why that was your score. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it three Bruces out of eleven Bruces. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think it was a great film to start with because it had little things that we can joke about and we'll still probably joke about in future podcasts. Yeah, you're right. But 
as a whole, if you're, it, it just was too long. And I think it was only like 95 minutes. Yeah, it felt just, very long. It was 15 minutes too long. It should have ended a lot earlier. And it just dragged on, especially at the end. It was... That could have been like a really bad, like NYU graduate uh, or not graduate, but like undergrad, like film. It probably was. <laughs> like probably film was. project. Yeah. No, I mean the production value was higher on it than than a student project would be, which yeah. is sad because it was it was a piece of garbage. But it wasn't that bad of a piece of garbage. I for a rating, I would give it. Um, I would give it Bruce 2 over Bruce 1, which is, which is well, 2. Well, sorry, 2. Just 2. Just I'll a, give it... 2 Bruce? Yeah, I'll, Bruce give it, two? I'll give it... Yeah, 2 Bruce. 2 Bruce. <laughs> um, so, we, um, we're going to keep going with the silly and crappy movie thing. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And what we need to do now is the pick the next movie out of the hat. Ah, uh, yes. We will keep doing this until we get any specific recommendations from uh, from we our do listeners. Have, we do have like twenty movies in this. Yeah. Bowl. So we can go for a while without anyone listening and anyone without caring. Anyone caring. <laughs> uh, Kevin, would you like to pick this uh, yeah, this I would round love of? To. I would love I'm to. Shuffle that around a little for you. Pass it over here. Here you go. Okay. Yeah, let me get that one last little, just a little shuffle here, a little mixer-upper, and, uh, okay, here we go, nice and fun. Oh, <laughs> next. Are you excited? Next up is next. Oh, next. I think this What's is that about? Nicholas Cage movie. Let me, uh, let me just Google it real quick, and I'll give us a quick is, synopsis. I think I remember putting a Nicholas Cage movie in there, and I think this is it. Oh, Wow. Next is a 2007 American science fiction action thriller film directed by Lee Tamahori and starring Nicolas Cage, Julianne Moore, Jessica Biel, Thomas Kretschmann, Tori Kittles, and Peter Falk. The film's original script was loosely based on the science fiction short story The Golden Man by Philip K. Dick. Wow. Philip K. Dick? Yeah. Amazon is really... Everything seems to be by Philip K. Dick. On Amazon nowadays. There is there. There's a new show on Amazon. Yeah, it's about like it, right? Black Mirror, but Philip K. Dick. I just got him. <laughs> wow, thank you. Yeah, I now I understand. Stories, now stories. I understand. Um, oh I just got Amazon Prime actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm splitting it with uh, with Joe, oh, my partner cool. Joe. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, all right, so our next film is next, um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, and uh, if anyone's out there listening and uh, has a beloved shitty movie of their own that they want us to watch and make fun of, please send the recommendations in. Uh, the email address you should send those recommendations to is kickingandstreamingpod at gmail.com. That's kicking, A N D streaming pod at gmail.com and uh this can be off netflix it can be off amazon prime it could be off hbo go uh, uh let's keep it those three for now we do not have hulu yeah fuck hulu well i think we can get hulu we can okay i, I was kidding password and stuff um but yeah we'll uh 
We'll take anything. We'll add to our bowl of crap films. And remember, it has to have, not nearly specifically, but we like to have it under, have under a six on IMDb. And yeah, it should be certified bad. Yeah, and definitely rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. We don't want any of that 60, like, 2%. Because then you could be like, oh, it wasn't that bad. We want, we want, we want. No, bad. I want bad, bad. We want bad, bad. Maybe, maybe good, good, bad? Or mm-hmm. no, good, good, bad? Yeah, but not, but not good, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just confusing myself. Yeah. Anyway. Ah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> so um, we wanted to. I wanted to actually outline for the for the listeners out there a little bit of what of the rest we'll be talking about. Um, so Kevin and I are using these, uh, you know, biweekly um, sort of more general podcasts to just talk about the stuff we've been thinking about lately or what we're more interested in. And so uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of sports and then probably just a little bit of TV slash art slash music, uh, sort of 2018, what you're looking forward to, like Muse stuff, Muse Cage, whatever. Um, So as far as sports goes, uh, just generally for me, I think at this point in my life, I'm most interested in Reading and and thinking and talking about the NBA, I the NFL. You were be like reading and thinking. No, no, no. I've gotten very guys. cerebral lately with yeah. my with my sports consumption. Reading a lot of nonfiction sports literature. Right now, the biggest stuff going on is the NBA, the NFL, and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most recently, you and I had a fun NFL experience. Uh, with the playoffs going on right now, you are a big, uh, you're a big Philly fan. You're a big yeah. Eagles fan. Yeah, and um, at this point in the podcast, we should say this is early. Um, the Eagles have just won a, a playoff game against the Falcons, which was very nerve wracking because it was mostly a defensive field goal game. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. It isn't pretty. But it was a win. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny how like. Um, Philadelphia is the number one seed, and yet they're like, we're the underdogs, but they're like, don't count us out. (laughs) It's very, like, Eagles fans don't know what to be at the moment. They don't know, like, how to act. They want to have it from every way. Also, it's a very Philly thing to be the underdog. It's always a Philly thing to be like, no one believed in us. It comes from Philly sports movies, which are basically about underdogs and people who are too old to be athletes becoming athletes. (laughs) Just <laughs> a weird theme. Like, there's no Philly movie about like a young up and coming athlete. It's always like it's always like people that are like out of shape or ugly or outcasts or whatever. No, no game of You know, you no general. I'm just a general Philly guy. These guys don't know who's I am. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to play for the Eagles. Also, I I do have a. Would you play a college ball? I didn't play college ball. <laughs> I have a grip about Mark Wahlberg because Mark Wahlberg is now kind of like trying to be like because he, he was in the movie Invincible. He was the Invincible Polly movie, mm-hmm. and because he made that movie, like he's always been a Boston guy, right? Right. Yeah, he's from Boston. He, you know, did all his crimes in Boston. Boston. He's got yeah. Goodwill Hunting. He's got the Departed. Well, he's not in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, sorry. The, uh, that's uh, Matt that's Matt Damon. Yeah, the nineties. Those guys are all just bunched up together. Yeah. But then he's, like, kind of been, like, Philadelphia is also my home. I love you guys. But, like, he doesn't own a house in Philly. He, he 
jumped on the Pope bandwagon when the Pope came. Because ah. the Pope came to Philadelphia. Yes. He meant to come only to Philadelphia. Really? Um, yeah, and then he threw in New York and D.C. like um, someone trying to add in last-minute trips. Like like adding on a- adding extra stops on the tour? Yeah. Cause he's only it's like, we got a lot of fans in New York and, yeah. and, 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 uh, and the District of Columbia, yeah. so we're bringing you two more tour dates. It's more, yeah, it was like, also... <laughs> <laughs> just I picture the Pope, just do. picture the Pope <sighs> up on stage. You're telling me we can sell out Madison Square Garden too? Francis. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Pope Francis would be one of those he's one of those <laughs> stars where he'd just come out and just do like the sign of the cross and <laughs> <then> just like <laughs> just picture the Pope just playing smoke on the water mm-hmm. <laughs> alright anyway <laughs> so, so, so Pope was only supposed to come to Philly he adds in New York and D.C., but Mark Wahlberg jumps on the Pope coming to Philly because he's such a big Kevin, fan. I think this digression is a perfect example of what it means to be a Philly fan. Yeah. You've got things to be angry at, and you want to tell people why you're angry at them, but yeah. you also want them to know that you don't have a great shot at winning, but you're going to scrap for it right yeah. till the end anyway. Yeah. Yes, precisely. You uh, Carson Wentz went out week 14, and uh, and the entire city of Philadelphia simultaneously went into cardiac arrest. Yeah, but we got. Did you lose any friends on that day? I think I lost a couple bandwagon friends who were like, "I'll cheer for the birds," and then they were like, "Ooh, the Vikings look pretty cool." Oh, yeah. oh, that's like, even, that's that's treasonous. Yeah. Or, well, now the AFC is the fun thing to you know cheer on the Jaguars, cheer on the Titans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but we'll find out. You know, Super Bowl very exciting. I hope the Eagles make it. Yeah, I I would like the Eagles to make it, but I would also like for the Eagles not to make it. So you you so you could come up to Vermont because I want you to to come on our little yeah. weekend ski trip getaway. Um, but like you were saying, uh, everyone kind of jumping on the AL. Uh, sorry, not the AL, the um, AFC. the AFC, and rooting for the Jaguars, rooting against the Patriots is like kind of just the new hot thing to do. I've I've been doing it my whole life. I'm I'm pretty good at it at this point, being a Jets fan, and uh, well, so it's yeah. Very easy to cheer against the Patriots. All I can say is Blake Bortles. Uh, he's our baby. No. <laughs> well, that's see, see, there you go, there you go. You're you you're you're a snowflake Don't from Philadelphia. You've got you've got you're very special, Kevin, and your team is important. In my North Face and yep. I'm already going bald. <laughs> cheese steak and a little bit of a gut. And just like blue jeans. Yeah. And got, a pair of monarchs. I've got yeah. <laughs> Moccasins that I'm wearing in wintertime. Yeah. I run to get a six pack of Yangling. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to some of the NBA news that I want to hit you with, Kevin. Um yeah, I'll try not to talk about the Sixers. You can talk a little bit about the Sixers. I mean, you're just painting a really good picture for everyone as to how much of a of a scorned Philly fan you are. How how much of your your well, troubles everyone gets scorned. to hear. We're very. We will take anything as like uh, as a defense against us. You know, everything is really about us. You know. Well, how do you feel about um, like Markel Fultz? I mean. 
it's just like that's another, another Philadelphian trial yeah. of uh, of the current times. Yeah, it's funny though that like there's never really been anything in the NBA like this that I can think of. You know, like every like a lot of first round picks, first picks, first top three picks have had like a year injury. You know, every team has had that. Yeah, people sit. People don't play a lot their first year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it happened to Ben Simmons. He he was injured. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It seems a little bit more controlled and purposeful with faults, which is maybe concerning. But it's not weird for a rookie to sit out a little bit or or try to learn the learn the system, learn the ropes in yeah, their first it's like year. He, he can't shoot. He just can't shoot. He he went from being a really good shooter. And someone who could shoot off the dribble and create his own space and be a threat inside and outside at Washington last year in in college, and then he was drafted by the Sixers, and just he got the yips. He like he added like a, a hitch to his shot out of nowhere, and and then and then you know that got to his head, and they probably started making excuses of this scapular muscle imbalance. Uh, he's, he shoots he, like an eight-year-old. He's he pro- dude. Like he's just up in his head. Like he, he's the, he, the full-size ball is heavy. You know how to shoot a basketball. You yeah. have a prettier shot than he does right now. I it's know. not. It's not. And I do like to take outside jumpers. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we should play soon. By the way, because it's been too long. It's a little cold. But if anybody wants to challenge us in two-on-two in Brooklyn, uh, email us. At yeah, please, please pod. do email us. Uh, yeah. Kicking and streaming pod at gmail dot com. You're gonna think I'm gonna be playing on the inside, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got a very Kelly Olynyk type, and then uh, probably a Goran Dragic wannabe in me. Two names that people definitely know. Yeah, I wanted. Well, I, I, okay. Well, I wanted. I wanted to, you know, uh, give a shout out to those listeners that might be interested in that because that's one of my uh, things that I'm watch a lot of and read a lot about of this day. No, (laughs) not a lot. It's like me, you, Seb. I mean, you not even as much. Steve is a little bit into it, and then I've got a few friends at work, but mostly. It's my homies. It's my homies online, man. My Twitter and Reddit homies. You're gonna make. You're gonna become an NBA podcast, but I will not allow it. No, no, it won't. It won't. Well, it might. <laughs> anyway, Kevin. Kevin, we're halfway through the NBA season right now, so yeah, I don't think you have to worry about it too much. That there is probably like six months left of basketball. Anyway, we're at the midpoint season of the regular season. We're at the midpoint of the regular season. Jeez. Um, the All-Star Game is coming up in mid-February, uh, and they are spicing up the All-Star Game this year by Ooh. creating a new format for how the teams will be picked. Okay. And what that is is they get the top two vote-getters. I believe it's the top from the Eastern Conference and the top from the Western Conference. And um, they'll, they pick teams from the rest of the uh, players that have been selected as... Um, the, uh, the so they have a pool of I believe twenty four players, mm. uh, well twenty two after the first two players come out and and they select teams just like schoolyard uh, ball, and that's sad. I think no one's gonna get offended. Well, no. All right. So so here's the thing. That's that's a part of it. People want to have the that draft televised, okay. but the NBA won't do it. Oh, They're not. You yeah, see you gotta, exactly. You, gotta televise it. you have to because Kyrie Irving is an all star. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is likely going to have the most amount of votes. 
Yeah. Well, Kyrie might be number two, or do you think Steph Curry? It's going to be either Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or James Harden. So, all that Steph Curry has to do is not pick Kyrie Irving, and eventually the King will have to will have to pick uh, the Wizard. I think it's funny that um, the NBA is a sport that definitely does advertise its like Game of Thrones esqueness. Like no other really league really like does that like. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here oh, it's, it's all about like, the storylines. Yeah, oh, that's 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 100% why the NBA is, like, so much fun. It's because it's the sport that, you know, for all the young people out there, like, embraces, like, social media and, like, mm-hmm. all these intense personalities and all these weird storylines yeah. and drama and, you know, backstabbings and that sort of thing. It, it, it was interesting. I was hearing something. I think I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast. But when you look at basketball and you realize that it is a sport – where you can just watch one player the entire time you're in an arena. Yeah. You know, like, there's no helmet on, there's no pads, there's no dugout there under. They're just there. There's no car. Those are the people that you see on Instagram. You could just watch LeBron James on the bench and then play and then on the bench. It It is so much of personalities and faces and characters sport. And it's amazing that they do play, you know, the number of games they play each year. It is, uh, pretty wild. I... Like I said, the storylines, the interesting things that reporters hear and these tweets that we get sent out by Woj, we get the Woj bombs and, mm. and all that, the trades and the, and the rivalries. There was a little scuffle earlier this week. Mm-hmm. The Clippers of Los Angeles hosted the Rockets of Houston. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul... Mm-hmm. Is former Clipper. former Clipper, yes, yeah. now a member of the Rockets. They're playing very well this season with uh, yeah. with him on the team. Um, there was there was a good bit of drama that uh, that night. The Clippers ended up winning, um, but at various points in the game, uh, Blake Griffin of the Clippers uh, allegedly elbowed Mike D'Antoni, the coach of the Rockets, wow. when he was outside the coach's box. Um, uh, Trevor Ariza, I believe, saw that and got up in uh, Blake Griffin's face. Um, Austin Rivers was yapping at everyone the entire game from the bench. Uh, he wasn't even dressed to play. Um, Chris Paul was his usual self, being very loud, very very annoyed when he got fouled, when he didn't get his foul calls, everything. Um, and so at the end of the game, Blake Griffin, Trevor Ariza both got ejected. The game ends. Clippers win afterwards. Chris Paul knows of a passageway in the Staples Center of Los Angeles that connects the two locker rooms, the visitors' locker room with the Clippers' locker room. What? So his, his teammates are heated, and they don't know what he knows. He says, if you guys want to go confront some people, I know a way to go directly directly this to the locker room. This is crazy, right? This is it's the Red doing, Wedding. No, it's Tyrion doing the secret passage to kill his dad. It's, it's amazing, Paul. isn't it? Chris Paul is Jamie Lannister with the torch, and he's like, you know. <laughs> I know, I know how you can get to Father's Chambers. And then it's all—it's literally guys on toilets and guys sitting down in the locker room. They no joke. They sent the biggest guy on the team, Clint Capella, the center for the Houston Rockets. They sent him the front the way around. They—they they, well, they sent the mountain just to the front to knock on the front door and distract people. I from reports, obviously, I wasn't there. Apparently. 
He knocked on the front door of the locker room. Someone opened it up, saw that it was him, and closed it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, people had to be restrained in the Clippers locker room. Um, Blake Griffin called the LAPD, which, to be honest, it really only means the cops that are already on scene on the... Uh, at the at the arena, anyway. However, it's still hilarious. There was a there was a segment on um, NBA, uh, you know, TNT, with like Ernie and Shaq and and um, Charles Ernie Barkley, Ryan Ernie, and uh, and 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 Chuck and Shaq could not stop laughing. They could not take anybody seriously. They're like, they called the police. <laughs> Guys, I just have to say that it is a sad day for the league if you are very happy about allowing this drama. I would love to see, like, literally, it's almost like reality TV sometimes. That's that's what that's why people are into it. That's it's getting towards that. I mean, you have people in the league dating like reality TV stars, basically, like dating Kardashians and. And you know singers is and Jay overall, it, it's. Um, is, it, is that like an old relationship? I read. I believe that's an old relationship. I think, I believe she's with Tristan Thompson now of the, oh, of the Cavs. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. So you know, there's always an entertainment so, aspect so imagine, to the NBA. Imagine the schoolyard draft for the NBA All Star game. No, I know. I don't want to imagine it. I want to no, see but it. Imagine it. Okay, so imagine if it was televised, and what it is is it's like a dinner party around a a big table and they have like glasses of white wine and dinner and it looks like if you get passed over they're just throwing white wine in the face. <laughs> they're all dressed up in their colorful suits and oh and LeBron I, and Steph Curry get to, to sit the, at the head of yeah. the table just like up on the up on the dais. Yeah. I would love to see some reality TV editing too of like the reactions. Oh yeah. That would be so great. Just like James Harden's eyes just being like <laughs> So outside of the personalities and and the fun storylines of the NBA, the actual gameplay, uh, it's pretty much, you know, as 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 you would expect, the Warriors uh, have the best record in the league. Uh, three pointers are still the name of the game, uh, scoring efficiently. Uh, teams like Toronto, who have gotten a better system around, you know, scoring efficient points, have. Uh, had better records this year, uh, you know, teams like Houston, as well as the Spurs, even without Kawhi Leonard. Um, the Cavs are struggling a little bit in the East. It's impossible to say what will happen to them, you know, once we get closer to the playoffs, because every time with the LeBron team, uh, you know, they, they bring it together at the end. Um, but all right, moving away from the NBA and towards a less – uh, often event that we get to uh, check out is the Olympics this mm-hmm. year happening in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Um, some of the cool stuff coming out of that in recent days has been apparently North and South Korea are going to march together at the opening ceremonies. Yeah. And uh, their women's hockey team will be like a joint effort. It'll be a joint team. Yeah. It, that That is pretty... You know, huge news, astounding news, especially, like, the way American media, um, you know, reports everything going on with North Korea. It seems pretty great that we've just been not at all involved, and they've mm-hmm. sort of started to try to 
work things out between themselves because obviously we're losing respect in the global uh you know kind of realm so it's good to see these things uh you know yeah well i mean you still have to be fearful of north korea's nuclear capabilities you know their missile capabilities but it i mean it is definitely a good sign and i heard that they um restored a telephone line that hadn't been really now yeah, between the two countries uh, for the first time in a few years. The two, like, you mean the two leaders, like the, the leader of North Korea? I just think the governments. The governments, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, you hope it's, you hope this is a good sign of things to come and not just like a, you know, calm before yeah. is it Yeah, is it a meaningless gesture or is it actually significant? Uh, only time will tell. Only time will tell, indeed. Other fun Olympic storylines. Um, for the first time since the early 90s, the NHL won't be sending any of its professional athletes as a part of their country's teams. So we'll have effectively amateur teams um, coming out of the U.S. with players coming out of uh, college as well as the AHL and a couple uh, retired players as well as those playing overseas in Europe. So... We're kind of getting a little bit of, you know, it's a little reminiscent of, you know, that that miracle team uh, that uh, 1980, you know, um, kind of hard scrabble young guy made up team. And if you don't know the story, definitely watch ESPN around the time the Winter Olympics because they will they will not stop that. talking they about it. They will harp on that. I'm sure ABC Family or Ovation Network is going to show yeah. Miracle, the Kurt Russell film. Yeah, you'll see a thousand clips of that like, over the like, course. What's of... that story all about? Just yeah, you'll... men's hockey will be will be interesting this year, and yeah. they will not stop talking about it. So get ready for that. Um, I think that's a good thing though, because you know the Olympics is kind of meant for you know people to have their shiny moments to represent their country, and then if people know, if these guys are already pros, then like it doesn't really mean as much. Yeah. No, it's it's kind of cool. I read a I read a story on Bleacher Report this this uh, this morning about a I believe a sophomore or junior at University of Denver named Troy Terry who scored three um, what was it uh, shootout goals against Russia in the semifinals of the World Juniors this year, hmm. and he's kind of like a third or fourth line kind of like energy guy. He's not super big, um, and he's not uh, you know like a goal scorer per se, but He's got a certain, you know, uh, bring up the team vibe to him. So uh, he is going to be playing this year. I guarantee you'll see segments about him if you watch the Olympics on NBC. Um, Other events I kind of always look forward to from the Olympics. Personally, I like the skiing events. I was a ski racing kid in high school, so I watch those ones. It's Mm -hmm. kind of, you get to see the people in the suits, uh, you know. Yeah. It's 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 fun and entertaining. It's high speed. What about you, Kevin? Um, I think I'm going to be looking forward to um, definitely uh, some half-pipe snowboarding. Yeah. Sean White. He, it was fun. Sean White qualified for the USA team this year. It's always great when you have someone that you can just have as, you know, remember this guy? Did you own Sean, Bo- or Sean, oh, geez, Sean White snowboarding for, I think it was Xbox 360? Or- I don't think so. I had, like, the 1080 Avalanche game and, mm. like, uh, one other one, I think. I had SSX Tricky. Yeah. Never had a Sean White game. Did you ever want to be, when you were younger, like a skateboard snowboarding type guy? Um, yeah, I probably wanted to be like a skier. 
like mm-hmm. a like a freestyle well, skier. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a similar vibe. It, you know, it's like the baggy clothing, the sort of it's it's similar. Not yeah. it's not similar to like yeah. skating Maybe. necessarily. All right, it's a, it's a little. All right, it's Maybe different. It's, it's a little different. Yeah, I, okay, I talked myself into being into being different. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I kind of want to be because that was I think for our generation growing up was like some of the cool guys were the. You know, snowboarders and the skateboarders and the jackass, you know, like, <laughs> that, like, you know, you know, I don't know, that was just me. No, I, I, I see the appeal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I do, I do like Sean White, because he, he has that goofy look. I, I um, yeah. another event I'm probably thinking of, I just realized, I read this earlier, there's a, a biathlete from Maine. Ooh. That's gonna be going, so I'll probably try to catch a little bit of that if I can. I think that's kind of interesting. Now, and is that the one where they're like shooting and they're doing skiing? Yeah, they're doing Nordic skiing and and target shooting, yeah. and it's kind of intense because when they get do they ski with the gun? Yeah, they they have the gun strapped over their back. Oh, wow! It's crazy, right? Yeah. And so they get going. Obviously, they're they're going really hard when they're skiing, and so their heart's beating really fast, and then they stop and they have to lie down and. And take a shot, and their heart's beating like, boom, 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 like crazy. And they have to very much control their breathing and and you know, true, yeah. and be cool under pressure. So I think it's a really cool event. That is a very cool event. I'll I'll probably inevitably watch curling because that one always seems to be on, and it just seems like it, the most easy to understand weird game ever. Also, um, luge and skeleton. Oh, that's true. Are always fun. Those are always intense. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. and also, um, I think uh, ice skating, because by Tanya coming out, I think that'll be... That's true, there might be some more anticipation for that. No, yeah. well, hopefully not. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Kevin, let's just close it up with uh, kind of uh, what are you looking forward to as far as TV or music or, or any kind of recommendations for new things coming up in the new year, uh, shows you've watched, um, you know, anything else. Um, I just finished uh, End of the... I'm going to say it because I think I put explicit for our podcast on iTunes. End of the fucking world. I just finished that. No, you did not. Yeah. I did not even know you were watching that. That was going to be my recommendation. Kevin, you have no idea how much this pleases me. Oh, I, there's a big grin. In I am Johnny's, so happy. Johnny's got that look in his face <laughs> where you know, he's just, you know, had a little surprise coming his way. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic right yeah. now. What, what, did you lo- what did you like about uh, that show? Um, we'll, I, we'll keep this brief and we can talk about it next time. Maybe. I mean, I really like that. It, the movie with, um, you know the movie with Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette? It's called True Romance. Yeah. I always get that in True Lies mixed up, but it's called True Romance. True Romance, yeah. I like that this was like a bare bones version of that. Like, you know, basically like, you know, a a murder for kind of good reasons. Yeah. And and then, you know, a young guy and a young girl very much, you know, in love Mm -hmm. on the run. I thought it was very, um, just, I really just like the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's not really until the end of the show, the last episode, that you realize how kind of, like, simple and beautiful and how, like, it took its time to have, still have, like, a very fantastic conclusion. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, watching that show, like, made me think about, like, wanting to be a part of, like, making a show like that. It, It seems, like, very 
you know, it didn't have a huge cast. It, uh, but it didn't have like a tiny cast either. It wasn't like a one man film or anything like that. Yeah. It was small. It, it it looked really cool. It had good writing, and it was cute, and it was it was witty. Yeah, it was also I found it to be. I don't know if you did very Coen Brothers esque. I got a lot of Coen Brothers like. Really. Yeah, just like well, I think one of the traits of the Coen Brothers is you know. All of a sudden, like lots of violence and violence in a very idyllic, you know, suburban okay. setting. I, I see That's that. It's definitely a theme of all their, you know. Ah, all right. I like that. These picturesque settings or these very normal settings interrupted by uh, violence or, you know, crazy characters. Interesting. But, and I just, I really, I just, I don't know, I, just, I thought it was fantastic and I thought the humor was very good I at first was hesitant when he was like you know um, this isn't a spoiler because in the first like scene he was like um, it's in the trailer I think I'm a psychopath yeah he's like I think I'm a psychopath and I want to try to murder someone yeah and you see him kind of murder animals but then you kind of realize that nowadays you kind of have to have those character introductions you know kind of so out there in order to really show character development I think that's one thing we're losing with movies and TV shows nowadays, understanding character development. Because we're kind of in this culture, I think, where we're supposed to be who we are up front and not really change much over time. And people are appreciative of people in real life and characters that don't change over time. And I think some of the best storytelling and, you know, the best films and TVs are from characters who do change. Yeah. And I think James's transformation over eight episodes is so well done in both a subtle and, you know, like, demonstrative way for, uh, you know, the audience. I don't know what you think about that. No, I agree. That was, yeah, that was very well put, and I, I agree with what you said. It's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a very, a character you're drawn into right away and think you understand, and then uh, it, they kind of pull the rug out from you a little bit. And Alyssa's character, while probably doesn't have as much of a kind of shift in how she looks at things and understands things, is, like, mm-hmm. kind of a really... A sad character by the end, and um, it's a, it's a it's a fun like relatable and and I, I I looked up whether or not there was gonna be a season two and it's there's no word on it yet so who's to say if it will even go beyond that eight episodes and um, let's just do a little spoiler right here I think John and I want to talk about the last scene um, so spoiler right now skip ahead about two three minutes probably just skip ahead to the end if, yeah if, we're uh, we're, we're, we're ending it here but yeah. the final scene is James running on the beach and then it, of course fades to black we hear a gunshot with shot. a gunshot yeah but they had already missed one shot yeah do you think that hit James I don't know it could have hit him and killed him it could have hit him and incapacitated him so he's like captured mm-hmm. could have totally missed him and he's just still running yeah. I don't know if it matters really yeah, I, I agree, and it, it kind of makes me not want a season two. And it's funny how a lot of TV blogs nowadays, and, you know, responding to blogs was, oh my god, that's so good, I need more of it. When, you know, it's like, you know, because they framed the reviews of End of the Fucking World as if it was like a great reprieve from the shit world we live in. Mm-hmm. And because that story came to a close, and I thought it was a fantastic close, um, you know, because, you know, running from the law stories have to end. You yeah. You like six seasons of running from the law. No. And I think it's just interesting how 
all these season two articles and blogs are framed as, you know, like, you know, it's possible, it's possible James can get shot. Yeah. It's possible <laughs> that we can get this going for another season where it's like, well, I, I don't need another yeah, season. Don't know if we got to do that. I can revisit this in a year and get just as much enjoyment out of it. It, it, it kind of makes me a little disappointed in the rea- in what I saw online to it and why it made me hesitant to watch it for at first until it's recommended by uh, you in front of the pod, Steve. Um, so I don't know what you just think about that in our culture of responding to TV shows and needing more of TV shows, you know? Um, I think we're used to TV shows that are... TV shows that we love that are longer than one season. We're yeah. used to liking things that are successful and and get picked up for more and more seasons and make more and more money, but in kind of the climate we live in now uh, with things like Netflix and Amazon that can just, like, you know, throw a little money around at, like, some kind of newbie filmmaker mm-hmm. and just make something like this. Like, we're not necessarily guaranteed a second season, but it's kind of just a fun little adventure to go on. Just, like, you know, eight little episodes. Some of them are 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a movie. Like, yeah, it really could have been a movie. You can watch it as a movie. Yeah. Did you? No, no, I watched it in a couple chunks. Oh, okay. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll just have to wrap it up there because we're getting pretty close to our self-imposed limit of uh, an hour. We're probably just about at 50 minutes now. So, Next um, time we'll, we can talk about, you know, because there's plenty of, God knows there's plenty of 2018 left, unfortunately. Yeah. There's still, unfortunately, you know how we're, we're like... We're, like, we're not even 20 days in yet. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like, 2017 went by so fast. Well, God, I hope 2018 goes by fast. It's 2018 already feels like... It's been as long as 2017 was. It's been. It's been two weeks since you started 2018. <laughs> That's the best beginning to any song ever. It's been. It's been. <laughs> All right, and with that, folks, I think we'll leave you. Uh, have a nice night or day or and, morning. Uh, and join us next time. For next. next. For Nicholas Cage's next. I doubt you'll forget that one. I, yeah, I, I'm excited for this one. I really am, and I hope it's as bad as the reviews were. Tune in next time, folks. We'll yeah. see you later. <laughs>